This is the Trying Again podcast, a story of miscarriage. I'm Rachel Smith. Whatever's brought you to this podcast, you are very welcome. This is a personal podcast of passion as I explore a usually silent world and decide whether I want to try again following multiple miscarriages. I'm currently working on series two, which I hope to be sharing with you soon. This episode is a special episode recapping and updating on some information from series one. In series one, episode three, I spoke with Professor Quemby about miscarriage treatments at the Chamis Centre for Miscarriage Research. And during our chat, we discussed things like the rule of three, which for those who are not aware, is the current guidance for miscarriage care in the UK, that you need to have three or more miscarriages before you can have treatment for them. If you've been listening to the podcast, you'll have listened to my story of episode two, and you'll know this is something I've experienced of. During our chat, Professor Quemby touched on the hopes for Tommy's. So we're trying to change it to a system where after one miscarriage, you get some advice because you can have uh, post-traumatic stress disorder after one miscarriage. So after one miscarriage, you get some preconceptual advice about lifestyle and make sure you haven't got any major illness um, and, and, and some uh, signposters to sort of self-help uh, groups. Because obviously, these things can't cost the NHS any money, but all that, is, that hasn't cost the money. Then after two miscarriages, everyone would get a few blood tests. And then after three miscarriages, more blood tests. So we're calling it the graded approach. Okay. Uh, and the idea with that is, is twofold. One is that when people have one miscarriage, they're completely ignored, but also they're not given straightforward lifestyle advice, you know. So we're not doing any proper preconceptual counseling and not getting people as fit as possible for pregnancy, you see. So we're trying to change it so it's not about how many miscarriages you have. It's after every miscarriage, people get some advice as to how to improve their chances next time. But the amount of how far we go increases with the number of miscarriages. So we're going to try and get rid of the term recurrent miscarriage and have a graded approach to miscarriage so everyone who miscarries gets something. That's, that's, that's where we're, we're really fighting for that as a Tommy's team at the moment. It's also something I've spoken about with Professor Ari Kuma Asari, Director of the Tommy's National Centre for Miscarriage Research. I mean, up until now, what we do is that we wait for a, for a woman to have three miscarriages before we would do any testing. Um, but we know that there are women who would have uh, risks um, related to future miscarriage and other health complications even after one miscarriage. And there is certainly increased risk of various complications, not just future miscarriage, but also future uh, obstetric problems like preterm birth and stillbirth after two miscarriages. So I think not providing care to women who've had one or two previous miscarriages and only focusing on women who had three or more previous miscarriages uh, wasn't really um, supported by the evidence. So what we are proposing is that there has to be a, a graded approach um, and we need to assess what is the level of risk uh, for any woman. Uh, you know, um, uh, Even some women who haven't had a miscarriage, their, their clinical history, their medical history might point to a future risk of miscarriage and we may want to help them mitigate those risks. So it actually doesn't even need to be the case that a woman needs to have had a miscarriage before she receives kind of miscarriage prevention care. And, and one of the really important things that is kind of coming out from all of this is that, you know, uh, one miscarriage can cause devastation to, to 
to couples. You know, it doesn't need to be two or three or many number of miscarriages. Even one, you know, can cause uh, significant psychological morbidity. So we think that it's really important to um, to kind of uh, treat um, uh, a miscarriage as a sentinel uh, risk marker for future complications. Uh, and start to provide uh, evidence-based, reasonable, sound, robust care to, to these women and couples. How likely is that to come in? What's needed to get it to the stage where it's general practice in across the UK? I think we need to develop clear, I mean, there, there are multiple steps. I mean, we are looking at change um, changing behavior and changing practice uh, and you know there isn't kind of one quick way of doing this uh, but I think it has to start with clarity clarity in terms of what the recommendations are um, what uh, a general practitioner can uh, provide that is evidence-based you know cost effective uh, and reasonable from from their context from their setting um, they need to have clear referral pathways and they need to be able to uh, be confident that what they're providing is, is the right care. So I think clarity in terms of recommendations uh, that would then be based on clear evidence, Rachel would be the, the first step. Uh, but having the evidence itself doesn't change uh, practice. I think there has to be the, uh, the clinical will amongst the, the care providers to provide uh, good, solid care, and there has to be the political will um, amongst the uh, healthcare funders to, to recognize um, that this is an important issue that requires solutions. So I think once um, you know, there is clarity about what needs to be done, if there is, the, uh, there is the will, the political and the clinical will to move it forward, then I think we will start to see uh, a change. I wanted to share this with you now in between my series because this hope has been given a very large push in the form of a study that's been released by Tommies as part of their Miscarriage Matters campaign. With it, Tommies are urging the UK government to completely overhaul miscarriage services across the UK. The research has found that miscarriage costs society at least £471 million a year. Scientists expect it could surpass £1 billion when looking at longer-term physical, reproductive and mental health issues. I have explored mental health issues and miscarriage a little in episodes 9 and 12 of the podcast. It's a real issue for any of us who've been through one. The study has found miscarriages linked to mental illness in parents and partners. The report states, Contrary to widespread belief that early pregnancy is too soon to grieve a loss, or that only mothers feel bereaved, Tommy's researchers found profound psychological effects on both parents. Miscarriage almost quadrupled the risk of suicide, doubled the risk of depression, and similarly raised the risk of anxiety. The research has touched on topics that I will be covering in series two. One of them is miscarriage amongst black women. The study found that there's 40% higher miscarriage rates amongst black women than with white women. Sadly for me, the study also finds risk rising about 10% each time I miscarry. So, because I've experienced recurrent miscarriage, defined in the UK as three or more in a row, I am four times more likely to lose a baby than someone who's never been through it. So what are Tommy's asking for? 
Wow, they are asking for national changes to miscarriage care with an emphasis on targeting high-risk groups with specialist help from preconception and throughout pregnancy. They are asking for what they are calling standardised services across the UK to end the so-called postcode lottery. They are asking for care to go beyond the current best practice and to include long-term mental health support for both parents. They are also asking to lose the rule of three and for miscarriage statistics to be, as they say, routinely collected and published, as the UK does for stillbirth and neonatal death. My thoughts? I've had a few conversations now on the podcast where I know, even with my losses, I'm lucky. Because I live in the UK with an NHS, and I live in a city with leading professors in recurrent miscarriage. I did, however, have the rule of three, so I will never know if things would have been different should I have had support sooner nor will I ever know if it would have resulted in a live birth. So I carry that what if, and I live with that pain. And so I know this is an important study, and one I wanted to share with you by way of an update on my conversations from series one. I would like to think things are changing, and I'll be looking into this more and some more topics in series two. If you want to be part of series two, if you've got a story you want to share or some thoughts, please get in touch via tryingagainpodcast.com. If you're here because you're going through it right now, please know you're not alone. There's links to help available and the full comms from Tommy's on this study on the website tryingagainpodcast.com. This episode was produced by me in my lovely duvet den. The music is Small Bump by Ed Sheeran. If you've liked this episode, please share it and leave a review on your podcast app because it helps others find it. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on series two, which is coming soon. You can wrap your fingers round my-